0: My name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening.
1: Well, hello. Welcome back to another Conversations with Sarah. I am Sarah. I'm here at home for the very first time recording my podcast. It's been a while. I think the last one I uploaded was back in February. I cannot believe it's um, getting into the beginning of May here. Crazy, crazy what's been going on. How are you all doing? I'm not even sure how I'm doing right now. <laughs> I've been in my house. Um, For the last 40 some days or so, I've only been out a few times. And um, I got to say, I'm getting a little stir crazy now. But I am learning a lot of new things. Are you all learning a lot of new things? I'm learning to do a lot of technical things at home. I have a home studio here now. That is a good thing I'm learning how to do all of this at home too. Can do more work at home. But, um, But yeah, so I hope you guys are staying well, first of all. Staying sane. Having fun with the family when you can, and everyone who's still out there working, doing all of our essential jobs in medical fields or the grocery store, a truck driver. Just thank you guys all so much for all you're doing. It's uh, it's uh, something to think about when I start thinking about our new normal and uh, what's going on. So, just wanted to say first of all, thank you to everyone, and uh, thanks for tuning in for another podcast. I. Like I said, I'm learning new things. So I'm here uh doing a little intro to uh a, a video, a Zoom. We're doing lots of Zoom calls recently, a lot of Zoom interviews. And um someone that Len and I talked to recently, um, his name is Dallas Jenkins, and that's who we're gonna be um interviewing today. Len joins me as well, pre recorded it on Zoom, loading it here on the podcast because I think it was just so fantastic. Um i love the show so he's the creator of the show the chosen a lot of people binge watching shows these days right you're watching a lot more maybe tv than you have in the past you're like what new show should i watch what should i watch um i'm telling you right now the chosen needs to be a show you and your older kids watch just because the the younger kids i don't think will get it that much um it was fantastic. We binged it in a couple days. I told Len about it. He watched it with his family and just fell in love with it. It is so good. So through some other connections, we found Dallas Jenkins. He is the creator, the producer of the show The Chosen. Now, here's the thing. Here's the dealio with the show The Chosen. Because you see every other Facebook friend is asking, what friend, What show should we watch right now? What show should we binge? When you say The Chosen, sometimes it gets a little confusing because they're like, okay, where do I watch it? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Amazon Prime? No, it's not. This is a crowdfunded show that um, was crowdfunded. So it's not going to be on Netflix. It's not going to be on anything like that. And it's one of the most, no, it, it is the most beautiful telling of the beginning stories of Jesus. And when he finds the disciples that I've ever seen in my life, it's so different on anything I've seen the way he puts things together I am just kind of I don't know infatuated is that the good word to use with the his storytelling and the way he's really dug in uh to tell the story so here's the thing you have to watch it on the chosen app you get the app on your phone the chosen it's free it's all free if you want to pay it forward and donate you can um and then you cast it to your tv if you can or watch it on your iPad, watch it on your phone. Or recently I figured out that it is on PureFlix as well, which is another streaming service with all like good content, good clean content. They have a seven-day trial, by the way, too. Um, So you can find it on there as well. But it is so good. If you know how to cast, which I actually just recently learned, and it was a game changer how to cast stuff from your phone to your TV, I'm not sure if only Apple can do that. Mm. This is where it gets too technical for me. I think it has to be Apple with an Apple TV. Super easy to do. If not, watch it on your phone. Prop your phone up. I do that all the time. Prop your phone up, watch it on your computer. It is so good. So that's who we're talking today with, Dallas Jenkins. And it's so great. He actually mentions in the interview about how he consulted with um, someone else that I'm hoping to have on the podcast soon. I've been emailing back and forth with him is Rabbi Jason Sobel. So I'm actually doing his study right now. Uh, Kathy Lee Gifford and uh, Rabbi Jason Sobel have a book called The Rock, The Road, The Rabbi. And it it started my transformation into kind of diving deeper into my Bible studies than I've ever had before. I'm a big history buff. So I love connecting history and the stories of Jesus and the truth and how um, kind of the the real Hebrewic and Greek translations of the Bible have somewhat been lost in some ways throughout the years of translations and getting to the real root of each of these stories has been so transformative to me. So he actually mentions Rabbi Sobel in this, which is really cool. Um, but that's how you watch the show. I hope you do. If you watch it, send me a message. I want to know how much you loved it. It has meant so much to Len and I, and it means so much to be able to talk to, to Dallas today. And I hope you love the interview. Here is Dallas Jenkins, the director, the creator of The Chosen, and you can find more online at, uh, The Chosen. If you just Google The Chosen show, you'll be able to find out more, but here's Dallas.
0: We're all obeying the stay-at-home order, and what should you do? You have to make good choices when it comes to your television viewing. And a lot of people are binging Jesus because of a series called The Chosen. It's a series that I didn't know anything about until my partner Sarah told me about it, and I was so curious. And Sarah, I'll tell you what, we are super fans right now.
1: Uh Yeah, super fans. I binged it in two days, my entire family. I kept getting these emails from people. Have you watched this? Have you watched The Chosen? Have you watched The Chosen? I'm like, told my husband, we need to watch this. And then I immediately ran to Len and was like, we got to talk about this. This is amazing. And then through a mutual friend, we met you, Dallas, the creator of the show. This is so cool.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It means a lot. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting to watch the show pick up steam Uh, under unfortunate circumstances, but during this stay-at-home, you know, time, uh, people are discovering the show, or people who maybe had heard about it, but hadn't gotten around to it, or maybe they thought, oh, it's a Bible project, it's not going to be quite as good as the stuff we normally watch. Well, during this time, they've finally gotten around to it, and uh, it's really starting to take off, uh, just... Significantly over the last week and a half, two weeks or so. It's been really cool to see.
0: Whenever I love something, I do everything I can. I try to work it into the conversation, Dallas, with people. We could be talking about something else and I'll say, hey, Have you binged Jesus? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's so, some people, it's like, I haven't heard that kind of phrase before. Uh, but the term binge is, is, you know, t- to mean an obsession with something. And uh, when we first started the show, I, I'm someone who's binged a lot of good shows with my wife and uh, that's kind of what the idea came from As I thought, why has there never actually been a multi-season show about the life of Christ? There's been movies, there's been miniseries, but there's never been a show where you can really dig into the people and to the stories like you do with a normal show. That's what makes shows great is that you can really get to know the characters and follow them from season to season, fall in love with them. And then the, the emotional moments are that much more impactful because you've spent time getting to know the before, getting to know the setup. And that's one of the things that I think has been missing in a lot of Bible projects is you tend to go from miracle to miracle, Bible verse to Bible verse. You don't really get to connect with the people who are actually impacted by Jesus and so that term, binge Jesus, we thought, oh, let's, let's take a little ownership of that term uh, and give people this opportunity to watch multiple sh- episodes in a row, have watch parties, that kind of stuff, like they would any other show. But in this case, it's something that's really life-giving.
1: Yeah. So Dallas, I want to talk a little bit about the show for the people who have not seen it yet, because we've been telling everyone all week long, you got to watch The Chosen. You got to download it. It's amazing. So you are, first of all, you're the creator of the show. You co-wrote the show. You directed the show. So you're very, very involved. This is like, I feel like your baby, right? Just give everyone like the elevator speech for us. What is The Chosen about? Why is it different?
2: Yeah, great question. Well, the first thing, what is it about? It is about the life of Christ, obviously. It it covers Jesus's ministry, but it's as much through the eyes of those who actually met him as it is from his perspective. Um, One of the things that I've, uh, and I guess this leads to what's different about it, one of the things that I've seen, I've, I've been a believer as long as I can remember. I've seen all the Jesus movies and miniseries, and one of the things that stands out about them that i didn't always love was that jesus and the people in the show always tended to speak like they were british actors quoting king james scripture Uh, there was an emotional distance i didn't feel like i could connect with the people and i definitely felt like i couldn't connect with jesus uh, because a he wasn't someone i found to be very interesting or charismatic uh, I was always kind of confused as to why people seem to follow him so much in the context of these shows. It didn't quite match the Jesus that I thought I knew from the Gospels. So that's one thing that's different is the people in this show, including Jesus, talk like normal human beings. Now, Jesus is still, of course, the son of God. He does miracles. We see him in his divine you know, state, but he also jokes. He dances at a wedding. He uh, laughs with his friends. He cries. He's He's a normal, like guy uh, most of the time. You know, when he's not doing miracles or (laughs) or preaching, uh, and that's very true of the people around him. So we we believe that if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who actually met him, you can be potentially be impacted and changed in the same way that they were. So that's one of the main things that I think is different about the show is that it just feels real and authentic. At least that's what people are telling us, and that's what we were going for. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So episode one, for example. Um, and this is one of the things that might scare some people off when they haven't seen the show yet, is mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't even show up uh, until the end of episode one. When you're watching it, it feels actually like a normal show as opposed to a Bible project. And you're going to see and hear things about the disciples that we, we, that aren't necessarily from Scripture. Now, when we ever, whenever we show something from Scripture, we don't change it. Obviously, if, if God saw fit to tell us something in Scripture, we don't want to mess with it. Um, and the show is coming from the perspective in myself of someone who loves scripture and has no desire to mess with it. However, we're showing you some of the before we're showing you the backstory of some of these characters, the, the, the historical and cultural context of the time that really, I believe adds to the impact when Jesus shows up, when we experience some of these gospel stories, because we know a little bit more or in some cases, a lot more about what their lives were like and the context In which they got to know Jesus.
0: You know, one of the things that I really enjoyed was the disciples and Jesus having emotions and senses of humor. One of the things I picked up on was a little sarcasm between the characters. And I thought to myself, you know, in real life, the people that you know and love the most, those are the people that you can kid with. And you can have a little bit of that give and take and sarcasm with. And and I saw that in the characters and it made them so real to me.
2: Yeah, humor is a huge part of the show. Um, It's not a comedy, obviously, but uh, I believe that you earn pathos and you earn emotion when you also can get some laughs. Uh, And you you spoke to it very well. It adds to the humanity of the people. It makes you inherently connected to them because it it takes a little of the sting out of the seriousness and the formality that we often see in shows like this. And so, for example, uh, episode five, uh, the, the wedding at Cana. So this is the, the big miracle, uh, one of the most famous miracles in the Gospels, Jesus turns the water in the wine. We know all about that. But what we don't know from the Gospels, at least, is what Jewish weddings were like, which we looked into and did a lot of research. And so you see Jesus laughing and dancing. And one of the one of the key moments in the episode is Simon uh, Peter is making fun of his brother Andrew's Ability to dance. And so we see them dancing and Andrew's a lousy dancer. And, and, and Simon says to Jesus, can you help him? Can you make him a better dancer? And Jesus says, some things even I cannot do. And that moment has resonated with people all over the world because they're like, just, just seeing Jesus make a joke like that, or in, a, in another episode when, when someone actually makes fun of Jesus's hometown Nazareth, and, which, which people back then didn't think much of, And people were all concerned about him doing that. And Jesus actually winks at the guy and you know, basically to say, it's okay, I can take a joke. And that wink has gotten as much reaction as almost anything in the show. And it just, I think it just lets you know, it's okay. (laughs) And and as an audience member, when you, when, when a show is making you laugh, I think it increases your trust that, okay, if a show can actually get me to laugh involuntarily, then maybe I'm in decent hands. And so that's been a, a big part of the show and it's helped I think even make the emotional moments that much more passionate.
1: It really has humanized people in the Bible. Like I've never experienced before, like Matthew, for instance, the tax collector. I mean, putting it back, like you said, into the context, we know what the scriptures say, but, helping paint that picture of what life was really like historically through that time and what it would have been like to be the tax collector and those experiences and Simon Peter. I mean, it's just such a, it's just so beautifully told. I think, I mean, what was your, what was your inspiration in, in doing a show like this? Was there some type of catalyst that said, I know you said you kind of felt it for a long time.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually, about six or seven years ago, started doing short films and vignettes for my church uh, here in, in the Chicago area. And I was doing, the first one we did was for our Good Friday service, and it was the story of the crucifixion from the perspective of the two thieves. So it was about a 20-minute, 20 25-minute short film for our, uh, our, our Good Friday service. And the idea was again, I've been a Christian as long as I can remember. I mean, since I was a kid and I've heard all these stories dozens and dozens of times. And o- over the course of your life, it can sometimes start to lose its freshness. Mm-hmm. And But when you see it from a different perspective and from the eyes of other people around him, it's for, for whatever reason, every time we did it, whether it was a vignette or a short film, mm-hmm. it just always seemed to inspire a fresh passion for the Gospels and for the story of Christ. And and so the, that led to a short film about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds in 2017. And that was really the, the launching pad for the show. While I was doing that, I was also binge-watching shows with my wife, like I said. And one of the shows that I love was Friday Night Lights. This is back, you know, it came out several years ago, but uh, but I was we were watching it around the time, and I thought, man, I just love seeing these people each year and 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 so combined with the story of the birth of Christ that short film ended up being what launched the crowdfund. And so season season 1 for example if i don't know if you knew this by any chance but season 1 was entirely crowdfunded and it started from this short film we just put it out on social media and it went viral and at the end of it i said listen if you want to see season you know a season of of of, of a show like this a multi-season show, I didn't think it would work. I thought the idea of crowdfunding was ridiculous. And the all-time crowdfund record was $5.7 million from shows that already had big fan bases. And we were starting from scratch. And yet it caught on and over 19,000 people around the world uh, crowdfunded over $10 million for season one of the show. And that has just, it's just led to this explosion that's especially happened over the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, that, that's where it started was just this, this idea of of introducing you to the people around Jesus. Like you mentioned, the tax collector, Matthew, we don't know very much about him from the gospels. We introduce you to what the life was like for tax collectors and created a plausible scenario that maybe Matthew had Asperger's because he was uh, a numbers guy. He was a facts guy. He uh, chose a profession that made him a social outcast. And so with my experience with autism and, and Asperger's in my family, uh, we were able to explore that, just bring some humanity that is normally lacking.
0: Yeah, I'd like to tell people about the crowdfunding and how they can watch it in just a second. But I'm just curious about the historical research. You guys must have just researched and researched and researched. Because when I'm watching it, I'm saying this is probably how it really was at that time.
2: Yeah, so research was a big part of it. Uh, I went to Israel in 2018 before we started writing. Uh, it was my first visit there. So that was, that was a big part of it. And I went with a Messianic Jewish rabbi named Jason Sobel, who is I'm a, a
1: huge fan
2: of Jason. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's worked with us on the show. And so what we toured Israel together and did some videos that are on our YouTube channel and Facebook page, uh, that kind of give you a behind the scenes look at our research. We also have, um, a messi, so we have a Messianic Jewish rabbi and Jason involved, an evangelical scholar, uh, who was one of my Bible professors. And so, they certainly have, they've read the scripts and give, give feedback. And so we want to make sure that we're being biblically faithful, of course, but also historically and culturally faithful. So that's been a big part of it because I believe that when you are accurate culturally and historically, Mm -hmm. like you just said, it, it, it lends to the authenticity. And so the audience feels like they're there. And so we wanted to capture it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't like you know, when I'm in Sunday school and I'm seeing like a flanagraph version of the Jesus story, and he's usually wearing a white robe with a blue sash. Um, it, it kind of disguises a little bit of what life was really like. And so I really want to put you there. And even our filmmaking style was, you know, it was handheld cameras. Uh, it lends it to a little bit more of an immediate, almost documentary feel at times. Uh, this isn't a staged presented formal project. It's, it feels like a like like you're really there in many ways. we wanted you to smell the the grime and feel the dust in the air that that was life was like because Jesus entered into a time and a setting that was not pretty and not mm-hmm. majestic and not uh, not something that you'd traditionally experience a king to to mm-hmm. to enter into, and so that that was that's a very important part of the story. We wanted to take away a little bit of the of again the I don't know if I want to say the reverence, because of course we still revere Christ, but some of that formal reverence that sometimes infle- infects religion, we wanted to get rid of all that and put you really into the time and period that this, that this happened.
1: And it does just that. I think that's, it, it brought me closer. I just want to go in and dig more. I, I've read all of Jason's stuff. I listened to him a lot. And the whole idea of Uh, Studying the Messianic Rabbi and some of that has really I has been eye opening for me to say the least. I think that's why I connected with this show so much because it brings so much of the history into the Gospels. So the crowdfunding piece too, right? So because I'm already like, oh, when season two? I can't wait. Me too.
2: Me too. (laughs) Right.
1: So how does that work?
2: Yeah. So. Season one was crowdfunded, and what was interesting about it was it wasn't just donations. It's not like a GoFundMe page where you, you, you send 15 bucks and you get a t shirt or you get your name and a credit. This was actual investment. Uh, SEC regulated all of that. The minimum investment was $100. I mean, there was a high cost of entry for a lot of people. So, season one was financed through crowdfunding. Season two and three, at least some of it, will also be financed through crowdfunding. But long term, we, we intend to do eight seasons. And, you know, Game of Thrones was eight seasons and reached over a billion people around the world. We believe that we should be able to do <laughs> that uh, if, if Game of Thrones can do it. And unlike Game of Thrones, we don't need a billion dollars, you know, to, to to finance it. We think that over eight seasons, it's going to be about $100 million. Now, that sounds like a lot, and it is. But when $10 million came in for season one, based on a short film I did on my friend's farm in Illinois, we feel like now that season one is out... Uh, Future seasons are going to be even easier, so but that brings me to the main engine we can 't just keep doing that every season mm-hmm. eventually, especially for our nineteen thousand investors for season one. The show has to start generating start generating its own income, and so our partners came up with this idea of paying it forward. The show is actually free, so you can download the app it 's called the chosen it 's easy to find. I know you guys have been talking about it this week, which i 've really appreciated, but the app is free, and people can download it to their phones all over the world. We're in literally every country. And as you guys know, because you've, you've done podcasting and all that, uh, streaming costs money. So in order for us to be able to give this away for free, people who have the ability to need to pay it forward. Now, not everyone does it. Not everyone has to do it. We don't expect you or demand that you do it. But if you are able, paying it forward not only allows people to see it around the world for free, and offsets the cost of streaming and allows us to keep doing it. But it also goes towards future seasons. And eventually the show will start paying for itself through this pay it forward plan. What's been really interesting to see is since everyone's been stuck in their homes and we decided to not only make it free but make it completely available all eight episodes at once for everybody around the world, we expected that that might slow down the funding process. People have actually been paying it forward more than ever before which has been so beautiful to see. And that's what we're trying to do is partner with you, partner with the viewers and say, listen, we're in this together. We want this to be done outside the system. We want to be able to keep it completely unhindered by the Hollywood system. We don't want to have to wait for them to lower their golden scepter to allow us into their hallowed halls. Let's keep this free. Let's keep this outside the system. And if you keep doing that, if you keep partnering with us, we'll be able to do this for eight seasons and not ever have to charge anyone to watch it. So the pay it forward option is what has kept this going and what will continue to keep it going.
0: Well, it's wonderful. I intend this as a compliment. I told someone the other day that unless Jesus comes to my house and visits me, or until I go see him, Jesus as in the chosen, that's how I'm going to picture him.
2: Yeah, it's uh, and, and you almost it's, when you say it, and I've said it too, and we've had viewers all over the all over the world say, this is the Jesus that I feel like I've known but hadn't seen. Yes. Or people telling us, when I read my Bible now, and which, which they're saying they do more than ever because of the show, which has been really beautiful to hear. They're saying, I'm picturing these people. I'm, I, and, and, and I'm picturing uh, the Jesus from the show. And I know in some ways that's exciting, in other ways it's really scary. Because it really puts you a lot of a burden on the show. We really want to get things right because we know that this is how people are seeing it. And, and I believe this is, I'm, I'm going to be careful when I say this, but back in 2018, when I was in Israel, God laid that on my heart very clearly. He said, this may be, or this show, I mean, again, I, I don't hear God's voice audibly, but it was almost as clear as, as if it would have been audible. Uh, and he was like, I'm not going to let you screw this up because this is too important. Uh, these, mm-hmm. these are my people you're, you're, you're capturing here. And these are the stories of, 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 of my people. And uh, th- there's a heavy weight with that. And so on one hand, I felt scary. On the other hand, I felt comforted by the fact that I believe God's got this. Uh, you know, this show is way better than I am. It's bigger than I am. It's taken on a life of its own, which seems to affirm that God is in it. And uh, so I'm just going to rest in that. And the best thing that I can do and the best thing that I've done so far is just listen and let this thing happen. And if that means that people now have a better visual of what it is that they're reading, then that's a great thing. And we'll just do our absolute best to be, to remain in God's hands in this and and be faithful so that we don't mess it up.
1: Well, we're just so appreciative. We're praying for you. And you you know, I I can imagine that burden and but I also can imagine it reaching so many people like you've done so far around the world. So we'll be praying for you and for this series. It's just been wonderful.
2: Well, thank you so much. It really means a lot. Um, It's been a ride that it's been exciting to be a part of. And I can just assure you and your viewers and listeners, um, we are on our knees on this. We are remaining humbled by it. The fact that it has started to really grow and, and for whatever However, you want to define the term successful. Um, for us, it's about impact and about impacting people's lives and drawing them closer to the Gospels. Um, I promise you, it is not—it's not getting to our heads. It's only getting us to our knees, and uh, we are really humbled by it. And I—and and I'm doing everything in my power, and so are the people that I'm working with, to not ever let that change. Uh, we really want to continue for this to be impacting people, and that's not going to happen if the people who are putting it together and my writers and I putting it together, if we're not constantly being broken and humbled by the whole process, uh, I don't think it's going to get, I don't think God's going to let it, let it grow unless we are uh, on our knees about that. So thank you for your prayers. It means a lot. It's necessary. And uh, hopefully we can continue to work together. You guys are doing what you're doing. We use the term loaves and fishes a lot. Uh, You know, you're bringing your loaves and fish in your ministry and in your show, we're trying to bring ours, and we'll watch God feed the 5,000 together.
0: Boy, that's right. That's the miracle. Dallas, thank you so much. God bless you. And I'll just throw this out there, Sarah I have to say this. Spoiler alert, just my favorite of everything so far is the ending of the episode, Jesus Loves the Little Children. It's like,
2: oh, it was a mic drop for me. I love the ending of that one. <laughs> oh, that's episode three. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been a very special episode. So uh, pr- appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. It uh, was very meaningful. We love what you've done.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you so much.